Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. the last time you wrote a handwritten note of any kind handwritten now i don't know if like my to-do list counts does my handwritten to-do list count i i actually am um i'm jotting things down constantly i am a fold it in half right on all four sides um take take constant <laughs> i'm a note taker so i don't fall into this category one in three americans have not written anything by hand anything in the previous six months. Those who did overwhelmingly wrote in cursive, which means they are older adults and not students. There you go. That's the uh, that's the, the headline here. So I want you to just think for a moment about the last time that you wrote anything by hand. Now, for those of us that like take sermon notes on Sunday, I feel like, you know, every week we're taking we're taking notes by hand. For those of you who have a faith radio journal because you've given in the past and you you've got your, you know, you got your note-taking device right there, you're probably jotting things down all the time, especially when Susan Susie Larson is on air. Um and and did you write in cursive? Do you write in cursive? Can you read cursive? Why am I bringing this up? Well, apparently cursive is coming back. My mom is alerted me to this some time ago that Kids haven't been learning cursive, and therefore they can't write cursive, and they can't read cursive. Um, Troubling to her because she writes in cursive, and she wants her grandchildren to be able to read what she writes. So apparently it's been more than a decade since the United States of America basically wrote off cursive. So in the rise of of what I I guess it's probably the Common Core, probably in the days of the Common, when Common Core, remember that? So that's when, like, cursive took a backseat to technology, and kids didn't learn to write cursive anymore. So that's, that's going to be, like, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago. So we have an entire generation of people who have been schooled, kindergarten through 12th grade, who did not learn to write in cursive, which also means they don't know how to read cursive. Yeah, there you go. Well, cursive is making a comeback. Um, there is probably an effort in your state it is uh it's kind of happening across America the campaign for cursive um and it's you know it's happening so anyway uh, maybe that is something that you're interested in and want to support I got thinking about it yesterday because I had thought maybe I would send a note to everybody I would send a personal note like handwritten to everybody who participated in our one day um winter fundraiser and then there were so many hundreds of you that now nah, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I wouldn't possibly able and you wouldn't be able to read it anyway. Like I don't even have legible I can barely read my own handwriting. So it occurred to me that maybe that wasn't the greatest gift to send back to you. So let me just say thank you. Um thank you on air. Again, so many gifts and so many people that we have not had the opportunity to thank on air. So we're going to spend a minute doing that now. Again, it was the one day winter fundraiser. Thank you to all of you 
who have already given this year. You gave in the spring fundraiser. You gave in the fall fundraiser. You you give consistently month in and month out because you are an ongoing monthly giver. Um, thank you. Thank you to each of you and all of you. For those of you who participated in yesterday's one-day winter fundraiser, um, thanks to you as well. And if you haven't given yet and you intend to, well, thanks in advance. So we have a friend in Prescott, Arizona, uh, who went to MyFaithRadio.com and gave their gift. Gerald from Richfield, Minnesota, thank you so much for your online gift. Kathy from Burnett, Texas. I wonder if it's Bernie. But anyway, Burnett, Burnett. I didn't know there was a, well, there's probably lots of places in Texas I don't know the name of. But Kathy's a new donor. Welcome, Kathy, to the Faith Radio Giving Community. Renell from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, thank you so much. Um, for going online at MyFaithRadio.com. Also a new donor, another new donor from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, gave a $100 gift last night. And then we've got a friend from Montrose, Minnesota. Thank you so much for your 1K Club uh, gift or your multiple K Club gift. Thank you so much for that. Simone from New Plymouth, Idaho, praying for love to, um, to fill her sister's heart. Amen, amen, and amen. That is a prayer we could all pray. And you could pray for me as your sister in Christ, right? Like, I want my heart to be filled um, with love as well. So thank you, Simone, for that reminder. We have a um, a friend in Rapid City, South Dakota, who's also a new first-time donor. Thank you so much. Uh, a friend in Moorhead, Minnesota as well. Vivian from Cologne, Minnesota. I bet that place smells nice. Thank you for going online to MyFaithRadio.com and giving your gift. A friend in Wyzetta, Minnesota as well. We've got a friend in Brookings, South Dakota, who went online and gave their gift. It says, um, I'm asking for spiritual growth, love for God and his people, grace to graduate and complete my graduate program in May of 24. And then their message is, thank you so much, Faith Radio. I think I found Faith Radio about a year ago. I cannot tell you how much my faith has grown over the past year. I definitely think the Lord put you in my path for such a time as this. Philippians 4.8 and Romans 12.2. Amen, amen, and amen to this friend in Brookings, South Dakota. Dennis from Wakanda, Illinois. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's fun to say Wakanda. Right, right? Like some people have cool, like the, the places you live have cool names. Dennis, thank you so much for going online and giving your gift as well during our one-day winter fundraiser. A friend in Farmington, Minnesota says, God bless you in your ministry. Thank you for your gift. Evan from New Richmond, Wisconsin. Um, praying for uh, the mission of Faith Radio. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for praying along with us um, that God would continue to advance his kingdom purposes in and through us. Um, I see your prayer request there to uh, for God to strengthen and guide and sanctify all who listen. Well, amen. Um, Evan asked prayers for um, three children and their spouses that they would be drawn close to Jesus and he would reveal himself to them. All right, so many people to give thanks to. We'll return to this like Thanksgiving fun in just a moment. But um, but we have a conversation planned here with uh, Gary Miracle. Now, just imagine for a moment that your last name was Miracle. I mean, what what must your life be like to be a person bearing bearing the name Miracle? Now, let me ask you, what was your best day ever? What was your worst day ever? We're going to talk about Gary. We're going to talk with Gary Miracle about the worst day ever and how God is using that as a miracle. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Mm-hmm. 
In December of 2019, Gary Miracle's life was forever changed. He was suffering from an infection. It ultimately caused him to lose his arms and his legs. Most of us can't even imagine that kind of day. Gary is uh, a living miracle and here to talk about how his name caught up with him uh, in 2020. Gary, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Miss Carmen. How are you today? Well, I I am blessed, and the only thing that I'm really suffering from today is apparently today's the day I'm I'm like required to throw away or throw out my Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh, that is listen. I, no more bad days. Okay, we can't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> no more bad days. Trading the pursuit of perfection for the gift of grace. That's the name of your book. Um, I want to start with a conversation about. Your name, you say your life caught up to your name in 2020. What, what does that mean? You know, I, it's, it's, uh, it's very surreal for me to talk about. But, you know, you see in Scripture time after time again that, that, that God changes someone's life and then changes their name. I mean, look at, look at like Abram's into Abraham's and Sariah's into Sarah's and, and Jacob's into Israel's and Saul's into Paul's. Like he changed lives and then he changed names. And, and, and I'm so thankful that Christ didn't have to do that with me. He kind of flipped the script on me. He, he gave me the name that I had no idea would ever catch up with my life when I was 39 years old. Um, but uh, it did. And, and Christ showed up. And, and he, listen, at the end of the day, this is going to sound crazy to say, but, but I may look so different right now. Um, my, my life is so much different right now, but my gosh, it's not any less. And Christ is so good and, and he's so good to me and he didn't mess up on me and he didn't make a mistake. And we're going to dive into all this, but I'm so excited to share my story with you this morning. Yeah, I want you to do that. I want you to share your story because, you know, it is radio. And so when you say you look so different, um, like people don't know what you mean. They may have heard me say that um, an infection that you suffered from in 2019 ultimately resulted in the loss of your arms and legs. Um, But maybe you could bring that picture forward for us. Tell us your story. Absolutely. So it was actually December 26th, the day after Christmas in 2019. So I'm about three weeks away from celebrating, which is a weird word to use, but celebrating my four-year anniversary. Um, But when I was 39 years old, the day after Christmas, 2019, I got sick and I took myself to the emergency room. Um, They chalked me up to having the flu. They gave me a Tamiflu shot, a steroid shot, and they sent me home and told me to get a lot of rest, drink a lot of water. And if I wasn't better in 10 days, to come back and see him again. And, and that's the same you know, line that doctors give at the end of every visit. And again, 39 years old, I've been to the doctors a ton. And you know, I was living an amazing life. I, some would say you know, the all-American life. I was, I was married at the time. And my wife at the time was a stay-at-home mom. I had three biological boys. I was their head soccer coach, head football coach. I have an adopted daughter from uh, Columbia, South America. Like we were heavily involved in our church. Like thing, life was just on track. We thought we arrived. We thought we made it. We thought we had everything we could ever want. And then I got sick. I was told I have the flu. 
And long story short, it was five days later. Now I'm December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2019, at 11 p.m. Through a series of events, through complications with the flu, I was being shoved into a helicopter one hour before we here on the East Coast were about to cheer and scream and celebrate Happy New Year. I'm being shoved into a helicopter to be life flighted from one hospital to another because they gave me a 1.7% chance to live through the night on New Year's Eve through severe complications with the flu. And and so much so that it was uh, at 7.18 a.m. on January 1st, 2020. So I was life flighted at 11 p.m. On, on New Year's Eve and I arrived at the new hospital around 1 a.m. And, and I was I was taken into their ICU unit. I was hooked up to 46 different machines, tubes running in and out of everywhere from me. And, and the doctors looked at me and looked at my family and asked why I was there. And they confirmed the 1.7% chance I had to live and, and told my family they would make me as comfortable as possible. And I was minute by minute. And that minute caught up with me at 7.18 a.m. on January 1st, 2020. I was laying on the hospital bed in the ICU unit in Orlando, Florida, when all 46 machines at once in unison gave the long dreaded beep and right in front of the doctors and nurses while they were making their rounds to start their day because they were the fresh set of doctors at 7 a.m. that just clocked in. And, you know, who would ever thought 18 minutes after clocking in, you're going to have a patient die on the table right in front of you. But that was their morning on January 1st. And and at 7.29 a.m., 11 minutes later, after being dead for 11 minutes, they found a slight pulse in me and, and rushed me back into surgery and put me on life support that I happened to be on for 10 days in a coma. So from January 1st to January 10th, I was in a coma on life support while my body was just fighting to stay alive. And in order to keep me alive, the life support machine that I was on took all of the blood and all of the circulation and all of the oxygen from my arms and my legs and it sucked it all out and pumped it into the core of my body to keep my organs running strong, to keep me alive. But after 10 days of my arms and my legs not receiving any blood, oxygen, or circulation, they just started dying on me. And mm. my body my body would not be able to take another round of, of septic shock and multi-system organ failure. So in order to save my life, my family had to make the decision on my behalf to lose my limbs. And, and that was the trade-off. And so when I say I look very different, <laughs> um, when I was 39 years old, I went into the hospital with complications for the flu, a six foot two, 240 pound man. And 107 days later, I was discharged from the hospital as a quadruple amputee uh, coming home in a wheelchair with no hands and arms and no feet and legs. And um, uh, but I'm alive and praise God Amen. for that. Right. Amen. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm alive. And, you know, at the end of the day, there is there's a decision. Carmen, you're gonna have to cut me off because I'm just going to keep going you're here. Fine. All right. I'm you're gonna... fine. Go ahead. So at the end of the day, what I've realized is while I was in the hospital, there's a verse in the book of Job, chapter one, which if you've never read the book of Job, like, don't. It's an awful book in the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. People <laughs> read your Bible. Okay. Um <laughs> Now, there's, there's a verse in the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 21, and I think whether you're a Christian or not, you've probably heard this verse at some point in your life, but it says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. <laughs> um, and, and what I had realized 
after waking up from my coma and learning of the gravity of my situation is that all of my life for 39 years, the Lord had given me hands and legs. And right now in my life at 39 years old, it was just taking away time. And how do I serve a God and tell people about a God that is good all of my life? Since I was 11 years old, when I became a Christian, I told people that God is good. I tried to convince people that God is good to believe in Him. So how dare I, now that something traumatic is happening to me in my life, now live my life like He's no longer good? Like, I can't do that. That's not an option for me. I can't tell you that God is good when you're going through bad times, but then live my life like he's not good when I'm going through bad times. Mm. It's not fair. It's a, it's, it's why people call Christians hypocrites because we know the right things to say, but we don't always do the right things when we need to do them. Um, and, and show the world that God is good through our failures, through our baggage, through our messiness of life, because none of us are perfect. We're all going to fall short. We're all sinners. But God is good. And if you know him, he is in you. And I believe that he didn't hold anything back and he gave you everything that he's gotten. And we are living as Christians. You know, it says in Galatians 2.20, is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So you're not talking to Gary Miracle here right now on this show. You're talking to Christ in Gary Miracle because yeah. that is who I am. And yeah. that is my identity. And, and that's what I want to get out there to the people. We're going to continue our conversation with Gary Miracle in just a moment. I know you want to find him and follow him on social media and check out more, GaryMiracle.com. The book is No More Bad Days, Trading the Pursuit of Perfection for the Gift of Grace. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, I really like it that you listen whenever you want, wherever you are, at all times of the day and night. That is so cool. So thank you so very much for all the ways in which you support this ministry with your prayers and words of encouragement. Right now, in order for this podcast to be available everywhere all the time for everyone, I actually need your help. Could you support this podcast right now so that more people in more places at every hour of every day could hear about Jesus and grow in their relationship with him? Click the link in the show notes or give now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. If you listen to Christian music, you have almost certainly heard Mercy Me's song, Say I Won't. Um, It is Gary Miracle's story told in song. Today it all begins. I'm seeing my life for the very first time through a different lens. Um, I didn't know what I had. I didn't understand. And while I've been waiting to live, my life's been waiting on me. Um, I am going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. The world's going to hear because I'm going to shout. I'll be dancing when circumstances drown the music out. Um. Gary Miracle is here with us today sharing the story behind that song. If you've heard the song um, today, you get to hear the rest of the story. Gary um, Gary lives a very, very full life um, in a body that no longer has the benefit of hands or feet. And, um, and he's here sharing um, his book, No More Bad Days, 
and advocating, advocating that we would trade the pursuit of perfection for the gift of God's grace. Gary, um, again, thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, talk about the pivot. I mean, you know, right, you, you wake up and you have a choice to make. No one can, no one can rob you of your hope, like, right? It, it, hope is something that nobody can take from us. And yet that perspective of, okay, this is, this is now the body I am going to live in. Um, and I am going to embrace the opportunity. My guess is that didn't happen in an instant. My guess is there there is a period here where that perspective emerges. There is. You know, I, I shortly after being discharged from the hospital, after my 107-day stay in there, coming out without hands and legs is it's it's a it's a shock, right? Like it like you don't expect that after 39, almost 40 years of life to have to relearn practically everything, but, um, you know, that, that's what it was. And, and I was actually in, in New York city, uh, in October of 2021, I was invited to an all amputee fashion show up there. (laughs) So if you go to social media, you can see pictures and it is quite the, you'll get a good laugh watching all of us amputees try to walk the red carpet. It's quite funny, but uh, I was there and one of the amputees was there and he was trying to put his leg on his prosthetic leg and he ended up having a wound and he looked at me and I asked him what was wrong. He said, I'm having a bad day. And I looked at him. I said, I just don't want to have any more of those. And and that was the line in the sand moment for me where no more bad days kind of came to life. And it's like, OK, what am I going to do right now? Like, yes, my life is hard. My life is difficult. My life is not what I thought it was going to be. My life is not what I thought it was going to look like. But. Am I going to take that and throw a pity party and woe is me and sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day and get addicted to pain pills and watch my children grow up and watch my boys grow up and play sports without a coach dad and watch my daughters grow up and not be able to walk them down the aisle one day? Like, absolutely not. Like, that is not what it means to live. That is that is just 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 existing at that point but but i want to be alive so i want to take the step on the other side of that line because listen at the end of the day what i've realized is that we all have struggles every single one of us we have struggles even right now like if you're not struggling with something right now buckle up it's coming like i don't mean to be a debbie downer but we are promised that in this world we will have troubles so we know that it's coming so we all have struggles and i would venture to say That the only difference between me and you and anyone who's listening right now, potentially, is that my struggles are visible. You can see them. If you were with me right now, you could see how hard it would be for me to eat breakfast without hands and legs. Like my struggles are extremely visible. Now I have invisible struggles too, don't get me wrong, but but a lot of my struggles are very visible. So If you were out to dinner with me tonight and you were sitting next to me, there's a really good chance while I'm eating, I'm going to drop my fork. Like it's a hands problem. You wouldn't understand, but it it would probably drop my fork uh, in the middle of dinner. And I would venture to say that without even thinking and with joy in your heart and a smile on your face, you would bend down and pick that fork up and hand it right back to me. Like I guarantee that you would do that for me. And I don't know, maybe your motive is to save me the embarrassment or, or just to serve me. Or maybe you didn't even think and it's muscle memory and you saw me struggle and you stepped into it. I don't know what that may be, but but listen, if I don't know what your struggle is, then I don't know how to pick up your fork and hand it back to you. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. But what I do know is that anxiety is a very real thing. 
And depression is a very real thing. And, and eating disorders and finances and, and relationships and pornography. And I could go on and on and on with this list of invisible struggles that potentially nobody on this planet knows that we're struggling with. Because as Christians, it's really easy for us to put on that mask that says it's fine. So when everybody's asking us how we're doing, we say it's fine and we move on. But really underneath it all, we are just dying inside. And those invisible struggles can kill us way more than septic shock can, than way more mm-hmm. than multi-system organ failure can. And and you know, we are walking around with a virus inside of us right now. And it's called invisible struggles, and nobody knows who we really are. And Here's what I've learned through the sharing of my struggles, both the visible ones and the invisible ones, um, trying to be brave enough to share those invisible ones, because as a man, it's difficult. But putting myself out there, what I've learned is I've never been more loved in all of my life when I thought Mm -hmm. I would be judged for the sharing of my struggles. Um, So my prayer is that through this story, that Listen, this is not a a detachment of reality or some religious jargon. Listen, if Christ's mercies are brand new every day, if that's really true, if Scripture is really true, that Christ's mercies are new every day, then we, as Christ in us, have the ability to lay our heads on our pillows at the end of every day and say, I'm going to have hard situations. I'm going to have tough times. Not everything is going to be smiles and unicorns, but as a whole, from here on out, I just don't want to have any more bad days. I'm trading the pursuit of perfection. I'm taking this mask, this it's fine mask off. I'm going to tell people all of my ugly. I'm going to tell people all of my mess, all of my baggage. I want to tell people who I really am. And I want to risk it and try to be brave enough to put myself out there and see if see if I can be loved and not judged as well. But that's my prayer is that people that you guys can't even fall asleep tonight. Um, And that may sound mean, and I'm sorry, but you can't even fall asleep tonight until you roll over and tell your spouse or you pick up your phone and you tell someone, one person, who you really are and what you're really struggling with. Because sin and struggle in our lives finds its power when it's hidden. So let's not hide it anymore. Let's shout it from the rooftops and tell everyone what's going on in our lives. And iron sharpens iron and we can link arms and where two or more are gathered, he is there. So let's just do that part. Let's. Listen, no hands, no feet, no excuses. Let's put ourselves out there, fight for Christ, and let's learn what it means to live and not just be alive today. So good. Gary, um, we're going to have to leave it right there. I'm going to invite people to connect with you at your website, GaryMiracle.com. If you're listening right now and you say to yourself, I don't have anybody to tell. I don't have anybody to tell. Um, Gary has a place on his website for you to actually share with him. Um, your visible or invisible struggles. And so um, you do have someone to tell and he makes it possible for you to do that. So if you feel today like, you know what, I I don't have anybody to, I want to tell somebody, but I don't have anybody to tell. um, You can tell Gary, GaryMiracle.com. Gary, thank you. Safe travels today. I know you are headed out. um, uh, And so blessings, uh, blessings upon that journey. And um, and to those who today um, come alongside you to help make your ministry possible as well. We want to be of encouragement to them. So thank them on our behalf. Absolutely. Thank you guys yeah. so much for this. Uh, praying for you guys, praying for your ministry and praying for every year that these words have fallen on today. Amen. Thank you so much. That's Gary Miracle. You can find him at GaryMiracle.com. The book is No More Bad Days, Trading the Pursuit of Perfection for the Gift of Grace. 
You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Deborah Folletta is joining us again. She's a psychologist. She is an author. She's a podcaster. You can find her and all the resources we're going to talk about today at DebraFoletta.com. Deborah, good morning. Welcome back. Hi, it's so good to be with you. All right. So um, can you help us maintain a little bit of a healthy perspective during this holiday season? Um, I don't know about you, but the Christmas cards have started to roll in. People's <laughs> lives appear to be like perfect. I don't know. I don't know who these perfect people are. I don't know who these perfect children are. I don't even know how they get these pictures and how their clothes are also white. Like, and you know, the day behind them, it seems as if everyone around us has it all, does it all, and 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 they do it like perfectly and in perfect harmony. You can almost hear the chorus of angels behind. <laughs> like, right, my life is not like that. I mean, I have a That's lot. That's why going I love on. you, Carmen. <laughs> I mean, my life is beautiful, but it's a it's messy. It's a mess. Can yeah. you just help us gain like a healthy perspective when it seems as if everyone around us like has it all together and yeah, gets it all done. Well, First of all, let me just assure you, those beautiful family photos are taken with a lot of crying and bribing. <laughs> I have four <laughs> children, and I know the struggle is real. It's just almost funny when you look at those moments, um, because we all want to present our picture-perfect self. We're kind of wired that way. And unfortunately, I think social media has wired us to do that even more. Uh, out of the hundred crazy pictures, you pick the one that's the most picture perfect and you show your highlight reel to the world. And then we're comparing one another's highlight reels with our real life, which is never going to measure up. And so does that mean that we should stop posting our best picture on social media? No, but it does mean that those of us who are taking in all of this data, all of these Christmas cards, all of these stories... We have to have a broader mindset of realizing that everybody has tears. You just don't always see them. You're not always the one who gets to know the closest, most difficult parts of the lives all around you. Everyone's carrying some sort of a burden, whether or not you're able to see it. And I think it starts with us having that healthy perspective, that realistic perspective with how we see the people around us. Otherwise we will get jaded. Mm, so good. I, um, I have single people in my life who don't want to be single. Um, I have couples in my life um, who want to be pregnant, but are not. I know a couple who is pregnant and doesn't want to be. Um, mm -hmm. I have older people in my life who are alone or are going to be more alone on Christmas than they would prefer to be. They don't understand why, you know, the succeeding generations can't all show up to where they are. Like, right, right. life is exceedingly complex. Um, and and we're, we're, we're walking around in the midst of all of that with one another um, in a time that there's a lot of pressure to be, you know, I don't know, jolly and... And, and and gift giving and we feel stretched and financially tight and yeah I just there's just all of that and yeah I guess 
I mean, we all need counseling. Let's just start with that. Like, right. Like I, maybe we just all need somebody to talk to. And I do appreciate that you offer that. <laughs> like maybe this is a good time to just pause and remind people of the counseling network. Like seriously, like, I mean, I, let's just do that. Let's remind people yeah. that counseling like actually is available. Can you just talk about that? Well, the truth is sometimes we need help carrying that burden. You know, I said, everybody has got baggage. Uh, The problem is that some people don't know how to carry that baggage well, and the baggage is consuming them. The baggage is crushing them. But the Bible tells us that we are pressed, but not crushed. And if we're feeling crushed, I think that means we need a little help. So I'm so grateful to have an amazing team of 17 Christian, biblically-based licensed counselors. All our sessions are online. We offer reduced rate sessions for people who might not be able to afford counseling. Um, and, and my counselors are Holy Spirit anointed. They are filled with Jesus, but they are trained to help you walk through the hardest, most painful things in life, whether as an individual or as a couple. So I invite you to check it out. If you if you feel like you're in a season where you're crushed right now, if you feel like you're in a season where you're having a hard time shifting your perspective and focusing on the truth. And it seems like all the negative and all the trauma is just in your face right now. Mm. All right. Again, you can um, connect with Deborah and actually the whole counselors network at DebraFaletta.com. If you need me to send you the direct link, you know, you can just text me 877-933-2484. I'm happy. I'm happy to make that connection. Um, when I'm thinking about, um, maybe in particular young couples who, you know, they, they are professing Christians, but they're, you know, they don't necessarily have a network of believers supporting them. Um, one, you know, on the one hand, newly pregnant, really dear, close to another couple who desperately want to be pregnant and are not. Help me navigate a little of that, um, as, you know, as, as sort of the, right, I'm not either one of them, but am with both of them. Like, can you just talk with us about walking with others as they are walking in particular challenges? Yeah, I think the best thing that we can do is continually point the people around us to truth, because Mm. oftentimes our measuring stick gets skewed. We start looking at the people around us for our measuring stick. You know, like I should be there. I should have that. I should be married by now. I want kids by now. I'm this or that, you know, my job isn't what it should be. And when they start becoming our measuring stick, we live on an emotional roller coaster because there's going to be a day that the person standing next to us is doing better than us. There's going to be a day when the person standing next to us is someone that we are, quote unquote, doing better than and so that's a really difficult way to live our life. And, and and so when we're with people who are struggling or who have a tendency to make their measuring stick some standard, some goal, something they want in life, something they haven't achieved yet, whether it be marriage, whether it be a baby, whether it be a house, whether it be a job, whether it be career, whatever it is, I think the best thing that we can do for them is to continually point them to truth who they are in Christ, what God has called them to do, who God is in their life. And I think also as we model that in our own life, 
you know, do you have you ever noticed like sometimes it's the subtle negativity that starts slipping into conversation, like all, all of the subtle things that we start to say we don't have or or we want or we're struggling with. And, and it's good to voice our struggles. I'm not saying that we should never voice our struggles because it is important to honor our struggles. But when we honor our struggles, it's almost like a like we're digging a deep well. We're acknowledging these deep, hard feelings. But then what do we do with that? Do we allow Jesus and the truth to fill that well that we've just dug? Or do we Mm. keep it empty and walk around thirsty and tired and complaining and full of holes? Um, So it is so important for us to be armed with truth in our own life, but also for the people that, that, that are around us. Um, especially around the holidays, like you said, I think the holidays can kind of amplify all of these things. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, and and intensify it and make us maybe in a moment more aware because we're outside of the regular rhythm of of, um, of our daily routine and, and rhythms. That is so helpful. Um, if you've got a particular question you'd like to hear me ask Deborah, um, you know, you can text me 877-933-248. Eight four. Maybe you've got a lot of competing expectations in your family related to the holiday season. Um, maybe you've got kids that are coming home from college. They are different than the ones that you uh, that you sent off just a couple of months ago. Um, maybe you've got an ongoing unfolding family saga, and it has taken a recent new turn, and you're having some anxiety about that. Like, we get that. We understand that. That's actually where we all live. So as we walk by faith in the midst of the challenges of the day, you know, we're Jesus' people, and we're walking with Him, and we're also walking with one another. So, you know, just continuing this shared journey together. Deborah Folletta, um, continuing this conversation next. Again, um, all the resources we're talking about are at DebraFoletta.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you're feeling lonely, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Continuing our conversation with Deborah Folletta. Um, True Love Dates is the is the podcast. Um, TrueLoveDates.com, great website to check out as well. DebraFoletta.com, um, Deborah's direct website. And if you click on those uh, little gold bars up in the right-hand corner, you can find the Counselors Network. I'm more than happy to send you the direct link. You can just text me 877 Eight four, and I'll send you that link. Um, Mayor, uh, Jill and Jill says um, this is a listener on the text line sending us a question that I have not yet read. So here we go. This will be fun. 
How's that sound, Deborah? You yeah, know, let's just hear because, it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, Jill, first of all, thank you in advance. Um, totally. She says this is totally off topic. Well, there you go. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a good way to start. Thursday before Thanksgiving was really difficult. I was um, checking in at the dentist to get my teeth cleaned. And um, that's when they decided to test the fire alarm in the building and the lights flashed and there was this totally obnoxious noise. I have sensory issues. It almost felt like I needed to collapse to the floor. They called me into the office. My eyes were mostly shut. My my hands um, over my noise-canceling earbuds. I got into the chair. They asked if I was okay. Um, obviously, you know, no. The answer is no. And I really needed to leave. Um uh, and then I was told that the fire door, uh, let's see, something. Anyway, I finally got home and I had to lay flat most most of the week. Talk, talk with us about this. Like, right, there are lots of sights and sounds and things that happen. Um, and I'm thinking about my autistic grandchild and I'm thinking about the things that, you know, she is. she's a sensory seeker, so this would not be her concern and her issue. But um, can we just talk about that? Can we talk about a sensitivity during this time of year to all of the flashes and noise and the cacophony of joy that uh, yeah. not everyone experiences the same way? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important for us to, to understand that different people do have different sensitivity levels. Um, the good news is there are ways that we can train our body to uh, have a higher tolerance for certain things. Um, even things like an over sensitive nervous system, you know, mm. um, sensory issues. There are definitely ways that we can train our body to respond differently. Um, and I think that's part of the beautiful idea with counseling is, is we're, we're helping to retrain our nervous system, to retrain our reactions, to retrain the things inside of us that that go off, the alarms that go off when we think something is dangerous, when really it's not dangerous, right? Mm. But those are those are what I call triggers. We all have these triggers inside of us. Um, and sometimes the triggers are neurological, like this woman that 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 sent in her question. But sometimes they're psychological and they come from our past trauma, our past hurts, our past wounding. Um, you know, I even think of the story of the Grinch, Carmen. Believe it or not, there's a lot of psychology behind that story. It's this 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 person who hated Christmas. But when you <laughs> dig a little deeper, he hated Christmas because there was all these wounds attached to it. And his trauma became his template for the holiday. And I was just having a conversation with a, a couple a couple of weeks ago on one of our online seminars that we do who lost a child right before Christmas 11 years ago. And we were just talking about navigating the holidays when you've got these triggers, when you've got this grief, when your senses want to go off at all of these things because they're reminders of hard things, the reminders of what was, the reminders of what you don't have, what you long for, what you're missing. But I think the most beautiful takeaway from that conversation was this question. Are you going to allow trauma to be the template out of which you live your life? Or are you going to allow truth to be the template out of which you live your life? And I think that's a legitimate question for each of us to ask. 
um, because so much of this season and, and how we experience it really comes down to the health of our thought life, the health of our mindset, and it also points to the things inside of us that truly need to be addressed and healed. Hmm. Your um your reference to the Grinch who hates Christmas until like right little Cindy Lou who loves him anyway. Right. Or um I'm also thinking um uh in I think it's the same I think I don't know maybe it's the really old movie um Santa Claus is coming to town. I, I can't remember. Maybe that's not the right title. But the Winter Warlock has this icy heart and this incredibly frightening appearance. And it melts away when Kris Kringle does not respond in fear, but with the gift of a toy train. Like, I'm not I'm, and he just literally the it melts. It melts him away. And then, you know, community is created and, and he invites all this. This is the Winter Warlock. And he invites all this chaos into his life. And and um and they all you know they all move in and he's like it's so crowded there's so many people and then he's like giggles and he's like but i love it like right <laughs> so i mean so i do think that um this is a season during which we who are possessed of the spirit of christ need to recognize you know the grinches and the winter warlocks out there they have those there's something missing they you know they haven't been loved and and that's our opportunity, maybe, to show grace and to show love and to magnify it this season that somebody's heart might burst out of their chest like the Grinch or um, their icy exterior might melt away and they might be open to the first time, you know, to, to real community and relationship. So yeah, I love we, all we, of that. We just talked about how this season amplifies everything right? It, it magnifies everything. It's like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Ooh, I'm jealous of that friend. Ooh, why don't I have that? But you know what? What if in the amplification, what if God is magnifying it to show you something that you wouldn't have otherwise seen that he needs to do his work on in your life, in your heart, in your perspective? What if he's like, let me blow this up a little bit because I want you to lean in I want you to pay attention to this family dynamic that's unhealthy, to this part of you that tends to get jealous and struggle, to this part of you that's discontent, to this part of you that's not speaking truth over your life, to this part of you that doesn't truly believe that I am good and I have your best interest at heart. What if God is saying, let me expose this, let me put you through this magnifying glass for the next month because there's things in your life that I want you to see so that I can heal them. And I I wonder if we would just take that invitation over the next few weeks. Lord, when you expose something, you know, those family gatherings and the things people say and do and all of the things that I can feel about it. But what if instead of going in saying, man, everybody's, these people have issues. I don't like being around them. This is too much pressure. What if we were to turn and just look at our heart and say, Lord, what do you want to expose? What do you want to reveal so that you can heal it? Hmm. So good. Deborah, as always, thank you so much. You guys can connect directly with Deborah and her counseling network at DebraFaletta.com. All right. We um we have a few more thank yous. In fact, there's no way we're going to get through all of them. But let me thank as many of you as I can. 
um, who gave your gifts uh, after the end of our one day winter fundraiser, but obviously still an opportunity um, for you to give. So thank you to Angela from Minneapolis, Paul and Marilyn from St. Louis Park, Minnesota. We certainly see your prayer requests as well. Jamie from West Des Moines, Iowa, Irene from Cumming, Georgia, John from Fridley, Minnesota, um, Willametta Kennedy, thank you so much. Jeannie from Palmetto, Florida, on and on and on. Thank you to those of you um, who participated in our one-day winter fundraiser. Obviously, still an opportunity um, for you to participate as well. I want to close with this from Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's be hope-filled today as we walk our faith out into the world that God so loves as agents of His grace and ambassadors of His kingdom. Have a great day, and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.